Good morning, everyone. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. A lot of us have heard that quote, haven't we? It comes from the movie Forrest Gump. Uh, personally, I don't quite get it. Uh, every box of chocolates we seem to have have these little pictures on the box of what flavours you're going to get. So I know exactly what it is that I'm going to get. It's always Turkish delight because that's the only ones that suit us and like and they're the only ones I'm allowed to have. <laughs> but you sort of know what he's getting at, don't you? Here's a few other life is like sayings that I've discovered. Life is like a broken pencil, pointless. It's a cheery little thought, isn't it? That also comes from a movie. It's the Monty Python movie, The Meaning of Life. Here's one for the sports fans amongst us. Life is like watching a game of cricket. You have to go through so much to get so little. <laughs> well, the girls laughed at that one. Here's one for the English teachers amongst us. Life is like a grammar lesson. You find the past perfect and the present tense. A little subtle. Less subtle. Life is like a toilet roll. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. <laughs> or my personal favourite. Life is like a dog sled team. Unless you're the lead dog, the scenery is pretty average. <laughs> I'll explain it later if you're not quite sure about that one. Now, I don't know whether you can relate to any of those. Uh, maybe for you, life at the moment is a bit like being in the middle of a dog sled team. Here's the thing, though. Whatever life is like for you at the moment, the book of Proverbs wants to explain what life could be like for you. The book of Proverbs wants to explain to us, and it has been explaining to us, how good things could actually be. And look, the way it does that here at the end of the book is that it paints for us a really vivid picture of domestic bliss. And it's a picture where all the main themes and all the main ideas of the book, they all roll together so as to provide what turns out to be a really tantalising summary of what life could be like. Verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Now, friends, before we get any further into this, I've got to say up front, it's important to realise that this is not a section written especially for the wives amongst us or the potential wives amongst us. The, the section has a far broader scope to it than just that. So the effect is lost in our English translations, but this final section is a poem written in the form of an acrostic. And maybe some of your Bibles have that down the bottom. In other words, each successive line of these verses begin with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is what it was originally written in. And so in Hebrew, the first word in verse 10 starts with the letter A. Verse 11 starts with the Hebrew equivalent of our letter B. And it continues all the way through to verse 31, which begins with the Hebrew equivalent of our letter Z. So quite literally, what we have here is the A to Z, not just of a good wife. What we've got more accurately is the A to Z of the book of Proverbs. Because what the structure of the text is highlighting for us is that here we have a summary of everything that is gone before it. And so these verses are not so much a description about what a wife should be, they're a description about what life could be, about what life could be for anyone. And so in a very real sense, um, I've got nothing new to say this morning. 
It's sort of all been covered in the previous talks, in the previous sections. For example, if your memory is good enough, we could go back full circle to chapter 1 when we first started this series. And we noticed there in chapter 1 that Proverbs described itself as a book that was all about the art of living. And way back then, I don't know if you remember it, but we noticed that there were three key words mentioned in the opening verses. Wisdom, discipline, prudence. Well, here at the end of the book, all three of those ideas are again revisited and really vividly portrayed in this poem. Take the issue of wisdom, practical knowledge, knowing facts and how to appropriately apply them. That is certainly this wife of Nabal character. Look at verse 26. She speaks with wisdom. Faithful instruction is on her tongue. In fact, it's not just that she speaks wisdom. In the surrounding verses, she lives it out as well. Indeed, the way the poem describes her, it's as if she is wisdom itself in the flesh. Verse 10 tells us that she is worth more than rubies, which is exactly what was said of, of wisdom in chapter 3. You read on and she's a person of integrity, of intelligence. She is gracious. She is selfless, other person-centred. And so this wife of Nabal character, she's into dealing with real estates and buying and selling fields and selling fabrics for the fashion industry, but she's no career woman. She's not in it for herself. Everything she does is for her family or for the poor. And that again is exactly what wisdom is described as throughout the book. That the person with wisdom, wisdom itself brings benefits both for them and other people. Even the very fact that it's a woman and not a man that's described in this final section. Now some cruel people suggest that that's because a husband of noble character is just too much for the imagination to bear. It's more likely that it's picking up images that have already been used in the book of Proverbs. We've noticed it a few weeks back in chapter 9. Back in chapter 9, wisdom was again portrayed as a lady. Do you remember that? Keeping house, preparing food, inviting people in. For we are meant to see that this last segment of Proverbs, this wife of noble character, she is wisdom personified. She is also discipline personified. Again, picking up on a key word we noticed at the beginning of the book. To be disciplined, remember, was to be in control of yourself, uh, to not give in to outside forces, unhelpful desires. That is this woman to a T. Verse 15. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for a family, portions for her servant girls. Look at verse 18. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp doesn't go out at night. See, in other words, from early in the morning till late at night, this... This lady is working. She knows what needs to be done and she has the self-control and the self-discipline and the power to get in and do it. It's the sort of person that you just feel tired reading about her, don't you? The only thing she doesn't seem to do is sleep for she is self-discipline personified as she is wisdom personified. And as far as prudence, remember prudence, remember, was being able to keep an eye out for the future. Prudence was having foresight about things that may happen so that you make decisions now in order to safeguard the future. Have a look at verse 21. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Look at verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. 
See, here is a person secure in the knowledge that no matter what the future holds for her or her family, she has prepared for it. For she is prudence personified. She is discipline personified. She is wisdom personified. She is, in effect, the whole book of Proverbs personified. Little wonder, therefore, that what we've seen over and over again throughout the book, that the beginning of wisdom, uh, that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, little wonder that that is the crowning uh, statement for this, for this woman of noble character. Verse 30. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. We've been told it time and time again throughout the book, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There is no way you're going to get through this world well unless you've got the perspective right between you and the one who has made you and given you this life. And therefore it is so fitting that here in the effectively very last thought of the book, effectively the very last thing that Proverbs says and wants us to leave resonating in our heads, it is that the person who fears the Lord is the person to be praised and the person who will receive a reward. And here at the end of the book, it's all rolled up into this description of a wife of noble character. And it's done this way because Proverbs wants to encourage us and spur us on. Because this isn't a section about just what a wife should be. It's about what life could be for anyone who lives out the lessons that Proverbs has been telling us to. That we can be like this wife of noble character. We can not just survive this life. We can do well in this life. We can have a life that is good and stable and coherent and effective and productive if we just live out the lessons that Proverbs has been telling us. And that's why the book is, is rounded off this way. But friends, as helpful as that is, as exciting as that is really, uh, it's actually a thought that we thought of a couple of weeks back. Indeed, we went to the next level and thought about how as Christians... It's wonderful that we have Jesus as our saviour and the spirit as our guide and, the fa and God as our father. And we thought about how uh, the New Testament takes the lessons of Proverbs to the next level. That through God's spirit and power and workiness we can actually live out uh, the sort of truths that have been put before us here. But we've already seen that. Here at the end of the series, I'd actually like to go even one step further than that. I'd like to step back and zoom out from Proverbs, as it were, and take in what some of the surrounding books also say, as well as what the New Testament also says. Because when you do that, I think we're excited not just by what life could be like. You get excited about what life will be like for the follower of Jesus. See, I don't know whether you've felt about it uh, throughout this series, but Proverbs is a very optimistic book. Don't ever notice that. Proverbs very much looks on the bright side of life. Uh, in Proverbs, the world is very ordered and very structured and very reliable. Proverbs says, do things this way and this will follow. Act wisely and rightly and you will be rewarded. That's what Proverbs has been saying. And that's really helpful to be seeing that. 
that this world has an ebb and flow to it, that God has given it. And if we live in harmony to that ebb and flow, we will be living well, as, as well as we can in this life. But even though it's always best to do things God, God's way, the consequences of it are not always as foolproof and as neat as Proverbs alone suggests. See, in the real world, even a wife of noble character can get breast cancer. In the real world, even a wife of noble character can get a phone call in the middle of the night to say that their child's been in a car accident. In the real world, even a wife of noble character can be the victim of a home invasion. And friends, the Bible is not so naive that it doesn't understand that. Even within Proverbs, there are hints that life is not as it should be, but it's especially when you pull up out of Proverbs that that lesson is really driven home. In the very next book of the Old Testament, straight after this description of the wife of noble character, comes the book of Ecclesiastes. And that is a book that despairs and laments about just how fickle and meaningless this life can often be. A couple of books before uh, Proverbs, the other side of it, there's the book of Job, which describes a man who goes through terrible tragedies, explaining how bad things can happen to good people and that there are times in this life when terrible things will come across your life and you are left carrying incredible heartache and burden and pain and grief and what's more, you have no idea why you're going through this. And so for what it's worth, let me offer you my own little life is like saying. And that is that the Bible reckons life is like a scratched CD. Because some patches of it still play beautifully. But other patches are just a jumbled mess. Now it wasn't always like that. God made the world with a beautiful harmony, but we turned away from that. Because of our sin, we wanted to run our own way and that messed everything up. Turn on the telly and you can see it. Life has jagged scratches all through it. And you see, within the Bible, there are books like Job and Ecclesiastes and they focus in on the scratches. And they highlight just how jarring and disjoint and painful life can be. But there are other books in the Bible, like Proverbs, which focus in on the bits of the CD that are still playing true. Focusing in on the, the, the melodies that still come through. Focusing in on God's good pattern and how it works. And you see, by doing that, Proverbs is a book that causes us to long for all of life to be like this. One of my favourite CDs has got a scratch to it. And so when I listen to it nowadays, there's still sections of it that are really enjoyable. There are some tracks haven't got a mark on them and the music can just carry me away. And just as I'm really getting into it, this, this terrible grinding static starts to come through and it'll jump from one place to the next and the tune all gets messed up and eventually I get so sick of it, I get up and turn it off. And every time I do that, I say to myself, one day I'm really going to need to get that fixed. I really ought to go out and buy a new one. Because those good bits that I could still listen to, they just reminded me of how much I like it. 
Now that's Proverbs. Reminding us of how good life can be under God's good pattern. Because wasn't it the way that when that section was read to us earlier about the wife of Nabal character, wasn't there a part of you listening to that and thinking, man, I wish my life was like that? I mean, I wish my life was always that effective and productive. I wish I had the time to do all the things that, that, that I should be doing. I wish I didn't give in to laziness as much as I ought to. Just like that wife of noble character, I, wish, I really wish I could bring the people I love nothing but good all the days of their life. But instead I keep saying these dumb things and doing these dumb selfish things. I wish I always spoke with wisdom like her. I wish I had faithful instruction on my tongue. I would love, I would love to be able to laugh at all the days to come. And the wonderful news of the whole Bible is that come day, come one day, you will because of Jesus. For friends, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has unleashed a new order. And for those of us who come to Jesus for refuge and help, he offers us forgiveness through his death on the cross. He grants us a new life through his spirit, but he also grants us a life to come where every scratch will be removed. He promises a life to come which will be like, well, let me read to you what it will be like. Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I don't know how good you think the new creation is going to be, but I can confidently predict that it will be better as everything will be made new. For me, I can't imagine what it would be like to, not, to, to have every anxiety removed, to not have to worry about a thing. Maybe for you it's a chronic pain. Maybe it's an illness. That's the really big thing in your life that's your struggle. Maybe it's a relationship issue. There is bitterness and tension and unfinished business and you just wish it would go away. Maybe it's guilt over stuff you've done. And you know you've received forgiveness for it from God, but some days you just don't feel like it. Maybe your struggle is loneliness. Maybe it's sadness. Whatever it is, it will not be there in the new heaven and the new earth. Everything, everything will be made new. Every scratch removed. And you will laugh at all the days to come. 
So what should we be feeling after reading a section about a wife of noble character? Well, within the context of Proverbs, the role of this passage is to summarise the book. And it's there so as to encourage and tantalise us with the thought that life could be like this if we were to live out the lessons of Proverbs. But friends, can I suggest that for you and I, reading this as Christians and knowing what we know of Jesus and what he has done for us, a passage like this, it encourages us and it tantalises us with the thought of what our lives will be like. For brothers and sisters, because of Jesus, the day is coming when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The day is coming when you will be a man of noble character, a woman of noble character. And the wonderful life described in this chapter, a life of stability and productivity and praise and affirmation and goodness and love and safety and laughter, that will exactly be your life. For the one seated on the throne of heaven has said, I am making everything new. All praise to Jesus Christ for that. I'll pray. Father, thank you for the rich inheritance that you have safeguarded for us through Jesus. Thank you that this life has an ebb and a flow and for the way that we can negotiate this life as well as we can by obeying your laws and hearing your advice and heeding your counsel. Thank you for your spirit. But Father, this morning we want to thank you for the new heaven and the new earth that is still to come. Father, we long for the day when every scratch will be removed, when everything will be made new, and we can just luxuriate in the perfect life that you have in store for us. Father, thank you for Jesus, for this is not something we deserve, but, Father, we humbly receive it. And we give you the thanks and the praise. Amen.